Welcome to iHope. We're here to bring encouragement and comfort from the Bible so that you can have a more hope-filled life. We are so glad you joined us here today, and we invite you to embark on this journey of discovery of the power of God's Word and how it can shape our lives each day. So listen in and join us as we explore how the Bible can provide hope and direction in our lives. Well, welcome to our podcast, and I am Dennis Schaefer, the pastor of Open Door Baptist Church, and I am here with a particularly fun group of guys that I really like to hang out with whenever I can, and I'm excited to introduce them to you in just a moment. When it comes to our podcast, last year we started this as a ministry and a part of our church family, and we hope to be an encouragement to each and every one of you, and we have come around this next year, and we still want to bring hope. And as we think about the hope that we want to bring, uh, we know that we want to encourage people in their stewardship. Now, this year, Psalm 33, 8 is our theme verse, and we've chosen it to guide our stewardship in our lives. The Bible says there, let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. I believe that if we're going to be truly in awe of God, that that is the very first step of managing life well, because we're going to want to be good managers. That all helps us with the inspiration, the encouragement, setting our our own priorities. Now, because we may want to doesn't always mean that we know how to, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and that's going to be the focus of our conversation. So I want to introduce you to some of these great guys that are sitting here with me today. And uh, guys, I'm glad to have you with us today. Yeah, glad to be here. Good to be here. And this is uh, Brandon Osborne, Ryan Fashan, and Charlie Schaefer, and glad to have them here. I think most of you know them if you've been a part of our church family, and they serve in several different capacities and do some great things. Uh, and just as we get started, I kind of threw them a little bit of a curveball because we know them as pastors, but I wanted to kind of get to know them and help you get to know them just a little bit better. There might be some things that you didn't know about them, and so I want to throw this out to them. And so here's the first question, uh, and who wants to take a stab at this one? And by the way, I know that you're grateful for what you do, right, as far as serving Christ as uh, on staff here at Open Door, but if you had to, or if there was some other occupation, what other occupation or hobby do you have that you would be interested in? Kind of quiet. Um, it's, it's an interesting question because um, usually I don't really think about what I would do outside of being a pastor and what God's called me to. But um, thinking about it a little bit, I thought probably would do love to like maybe be a coffee shop owner and have a little business in that way, creating a community and culture around that. Uh, which probably would feed into that ministry heart of reaching people as well, but in a different sense of outside of the church. Um, I, I would say that might be something I would do if I wasn't a pastor. Hmm. I didn't think about that. That's a neat idea. So, what what would you guys like to do? Well, I I honestly, when it comes to thinking, if for some reason I had to find another occupation, probably uh, everybody knows my hobbies, music and. I've taught music, so I I think teaching would, uh, in some aspect, um, it's either that or I always thought if I was in a pinch, I worked at Chick Fil A through college, so <laughs> that would be an easy one too. I I enjoyed it. I don't think I'd want to spend the rest of my life doing that though. So which, um, so but probably teaching in some aspect, I've always enjoyed um, that. So I could kind of like see you like on The Voice, 
or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> like judging. The mass scenery. Scenery. Yes. <laughs> I haven't even seen that show. I'm not sure what that is yet, but <laughs> that's kind of funny. Charlie, I'd probably start a business of some kind um, not culinary, so I don't want, I don't know. For some reason, I've always not wanted to be in the restaurant business, but so the opposite of you two. But <laughs> anything other, I don't know, business. But you have always experimented with coffee. I well, say always, at least the last few years. Yeah. So. No, I love good coffee. I just, and mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I would. but I'll do the culinary side. You do the coffee, the, the business side. For me, it Deal. wasn't, it wasn't We're going so into much business. the culinary. I think I just like the fast pace of oh, yeah. uh, Chick-fil-A and, and then the team that you a lot of times work with. So you'll be our manager. Team stuff, so, yeah. <clears throat> Not Open door coffee shop coming soon. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, P. Well, so what about, what about you, Pastor? Yeah. Uh, probably, I think most people know, I have a bunch of hobbies, I guess. Um, I like photography. I think probably, I don't know, be a pilot. I think one of my dreams has always been to fight, to be a fighter pilot, but now I'm too old to do that, obviously. <laughs> so, um, But I would enjoy that. I think, uh, you know, as they say, going, flying Mach 2 with your hair on fire would be exciting for me um, as far as those types of things. But um, maybe someday. Um, uh, well, I, I know I can't be a fighter or pilot, but I think it'd be fun to be able to do, uh, as far as traveling and flying and those types of things. So I think, uh, being a missionary pilot in the bush that'd somewhere, be, I cool. think that'd be, be pretty cool. Um, to but you can't be pilot. a pastor. So that doesn't, count. yes, you could still do that too at the same time, I guess. Maybe. No, I'm saying you can't be, that's the rule of oh, the question. That's the rule so of the question. It doesn't count. Mm. Well, hmm. I'll be a, an airline pilot. Airline pilot. There you go. Mm-hmm. Cool. Something like that. Southwest so. or Delta. <laughs> Delta. Delta. They just gave out a big old fat race to everybody. Yes. So that's a good good pick. So, so well here's another question. Um we know what you're good at, right? Because you all do different ministries and things, but what kind of things maybe are you not so good at? There's a lot of things that I would say there's a lot of things I want to get a lot better at. So like Graphic design would be something I would like to get better at. Um, playing sports would be a great thing to be better at. But as far as one thing that I'm not good at. I don't know. I think one thing I can say, I'm not good at reading people's minds. And uh, when it comes to people trying to communicate or different things like that, you ever have a conversation with somebody who's like, what are they thinking? Just kind of help me out here a little bit. <laughs> um and I think family, you know, being married sometimes, you know, trying to ask some of those questions and, and things. But yeah, I think that's one of the challenges in life. I think I would say for me, writing. Writing? I don't think I'm a good writer. I would love to learn how to be a better writer, articulating things into into word. I think that would be mm-hmm. something I would want to be better at. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I, I would say I'm not a good writer. I would say, like, my first thought is fixing cars. Like, oh, yeah. man, I wish I could. <laughs> I'm right there with you. My dad was so yeah. good at just always figuring out what the problem was and and being very aware of how to fix it. You know, I mean, I do take a stab and go to YouTube, and there's been some things I've fixed, but I'm just, I think I'm always too scared. I'm going to break it and make it worse and then end up costing me more money. So, yeah, I think all of us would agree. If we could find a good mechanic, like, I have a tendency, if I find a good mechanic, I'm going to stick with them, even if they're a little expensive, cause just because I know they can fix a car and get it done, you know? And I think that's one of the important things. So, well, 
I guess that's kind of a little hint. If there's a mechanic out there that we're all looking for and uh, you can help us fix our cars, that'd be awesome. So, <laughs> so, well, thinking about our topic of stewardship today, we're really kind of focusing, we've been the last few years really focusing on four main areas. Um, we typically alliterate them with the letter T, time, talent, treasure, and truth. And thinking about those four different areas, do you think people would say that you are good at managing those things? And what is your favorite area to manage? So what I mean by that is sometimes, uh, in a general sense, as an example, I'll just say this, that probably most people would say that as a pastor, I'm probably pretty good at managing truth. It would be the truth of the Word of God. Um, and that's something that I uh, do enjoy, and that's something people would see publicly, but probably in the backside um, when it comes to some of the things that I enjoy managing, um, example, uh, growing up in a home where my dad was a financial planner. And so because of that, I have learned and enjoyed uh, managing financial areas as well. And so it's kind of a neat thing. So uh, while I enjoy, and publicly people think I would enjoy managing or being a good steward of the truth of the Word of God, at the same time, one of the other areas I enjoy also would be managing uh, financial areas. So what about you guys? Do you guys see anything like that too? Yeah, talent and truth, I would say, would be the things that I would probably be the best at managing. You know, talent, be able to use what God has given me of maybe the skills or the um, the know-how or the knowledge to and to be able to use it for His glory. I think that's something that um, I, I would recognize that I, I have a, a I, I do well. But then also truth, you know, I think comes with being a pastor, just the love of of the gospel and the love of keeping true to His his word, um, and be able to communicate that, that. Yeah. I think, I mean, to be qualified as a pastor, you have to be decent at all four, mm -hmm. but I think my edge would probably be more in the talent because like I work pretty hard at trying to be better at things. And so like, if you're always working on that, of course, if you give it enough time, you will be like, it's unreasonable that you wouldn't be better at something over time if you keep putting effort in. So that, and then I think the struggle that I would probably have the worst time with would be time. Um, and maybe, maybe not like on the outside, but at least I beat myself up if I feel like I'm wasting time. So I think that's kind of the, the hardest part for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's another reason. Um, I would then like with the question, what are other things? Others think that you are best at managing. I think people would probably first lean in on talent just because so much of what I do revolves around talent uh, with teaching band and choir and leading worship in church and working with musicians. And on a personal level, sometimes I do feel like I'm, you know, every like the lawn guy who everybody else's lawn is manicured except their own. And that's how I I feel like, uh, you know, because of that, I'm so involved in teaching, sometimes developing my own talent and taking those next steps. I have to really challenge myself in that area, which would lean in on time, too, and, and um, managing time so that I carve time for those things. But um, so I look at all four of them. I probably <laughs> could say, you know, I'm aware of them, but probably could improve in all of them so yeah. and i know everybody would probably say the same thing but oh yeah because in many ways they do overlap it's kind of you can't pull one away because you know truth obviously uh helps us to manage our time and our treasure and everything else but i know we're all given amount of time that's probably 
uh, what I'm kind of getting is, is most of us probably struggle at least a little mm-hmm. bit with time and trying to make sure when it comes to uh, making sure we're doing the right thing, when it comes to managing interruptions or some of the immediate things that come up uh, and make us hurry about life. Uh, those are some of the things that we have to balance. But I think that's so true. Now, we're, think, we're thinking about stewardship and obviously stewardship is important, right? I think there's a given understanding of this, but why is it so important? Why would you say that stewardship is an important thing for us to examine in our lives? I think the the, the starting point would probably be it's it's obedience, you yeah. know. And we want God's we we want to honor God with our lives and and glorify Him with our actions and what we do. And and that starts at the beginning of obedience, where God uh, lays out the the importance and the need and the call to steward our time. Um, we look throughout Scripture, and there's biblical principles that can be applied um, to almost every aspect of life. And so I would say the the importance of it is is obedience, but then it stems to be able to man, it, it, it blesses your life. There's benefits of it. There's, there's, uh, you know, if you're stewing your, your money financially, then you're going to be in a better financial position. And, uh, if you manage your time, you're going to be less stressed. And, you know, there's, there's, there's spiritual, uh, benefits, but also there's tangible benefits of being a steward and following, uh, obeying Christ in that call to stewardship. That's a good idea. That's a good insight there. Anything else y'all want to lean on? Under that as well. Why is stewardship so important? I, I mean, guess to follow up on what Ryan was saying, I was I was just thinking, you know, I think part of that obedience, but it's part of what we were created to do. You know, you think of Adam in the garden, and and yeah. God said, "This this is what I've created you to do is steward, you know, the the things that I've given you." And so I think there's this inward desire and fulfillment, I guess would be a good word, fulfillment when we have accomplished or we have stewarded something in a correct way, we look back and we're, I mean, we're thankful for it. Granted, sometimes some things come natural, so it's easy to steward, but then some things we have to challenge ourselves on and, and take those steps. And But I think there's fulfillment when we see that we've accomplished that. So I think part of that, and I think that's pretty much what he said, just maybe in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. Just drawing it right back to the the reason we're created, yeah. mm-hmm. and God has given us the resources, the the opportunities. Because I think everything around us is opportunities, and for what purpose to steward them for His glory. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really cool to draw the line all the way back to the very beginning of our of, of Scripture, mm-hmm. of uh, of what we're we're made and created to do. Yeah, that's and obviously we, we have some challenges because of sin. Yeah, yeah, and which kind of leads us into the next question. I'm gonna. Uh, posed to you as well. What are some myths or misconceptions about stewardship? You've thought through that. That is a burden. I think mm-hmm. that's a myth. I mean, I think a lot of people in January turns around, people feel oh, we're going to be talking about money again, or we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. what I can quote unquote sacrifice for the Lord. And I think a lot of people, if they've never experienced it or done it or are been faithful in that way, it may come across as this is man, this is not going to this is going to be hard to do, or it's going to be a burden. I'm going to have to think about it all the time of how to steward and make sure I tithe and do this. Um, and I think the myth, the myth there is, is, is just a roadblock of us obeying because the, the truth is, is stewardship when practiced and following in obedience, it's freedom more so than a burden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I would kind of lean into it too, in the sense that, yeah, sometimes we think, Oh man, I have to do this. This is going to be a drudgery. 
But the fact is, is that the more we practice stewardship, the more it actually frees us up, like yeah. you had meant uh, or mentioned just a second ago. And I think we all want more time. We all want more money. We all want more talent. We all want to know more of God's word. Well, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. We have to free up different areas of our lives so that we can balance it better so that we're able to be good stewards and to enjoy life a whole lot better. So um, thinking about that, uh, are there any other roadblocks that you've seen toward uh, that people have shown or seen in your own life uh, as far as being a good steward? For me, I think like the word stewardship for some people equals less. It's like, I will have less if I steward more. And because oftentimes the conversation of stewardship comes up around giving especially charitably to the church, like we assume that that means that I'm going to give myself less net income, but that's not actually the point. The point is that God can give you more when you obey him. And so I think if we just flip stewardship from equaling less and we mean stewardship equals more, then I think that's a much more biblical output on it. And it's definitely a more reasonable and hope-filled one, which back to the name of our podcast is the whole point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the, for me personally, a, a roadblock or a hindrance of stewardship, and I'll probably get into a little bit more later as, as some of these questions come along, but um, definitely just a lack of faith. Um, recognizing that God can meet my needs and if I walk into obedience. And, and sometimes steward, stewardship is a feeling of a lack of control saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, mm-hmm. but if I keep the money or keep my time, I'm in control of that. And uh, I think that's just a lack of faith in recognizing that that God knows better than me, and he's going to, uh, he has more power, more um, blessings than, than what I could do with what I have. And uh, I think a lack of faith was definitely a hurdle that I had to overcome when making those steps of stewardship. And I'll probably get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Which I want to build on that, what he's saying, because the first word that comes to my mind, and it was interesting, like the different concepts, but I think overwhelming. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. people go, oh, stewardship, that's so overwhelming, because they may have an idea of things they've heard of laying out, you know, your life on, in a list or, you know, and sometimes it, it it's overwhelming where I think it's just really take a next step. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, but we think... Oh, I got to be a good steward. So we think it's a matter of laying everything out and having it all put together when it may be just, hey, take one step towards managing something. And I think then if we take that one step at a time, then we end up landing where we want to be and and not trying to overthink. I'm an overthinker. That's why I think overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, But if we can just recognize that, hey, I just need to take one more step towards that direction. It's like if there's two opposites, like on one side, there is not stewarding. And on the other side, there is a a biblical steward. And you have to build a bridge to the other side over a lifetime. And you can only do that one brick at a time. You can't just like, poof, there's a bridge. And so to be overwhelmed with stewardship makes sense if you're trying to do it all at one time. But you can't like it's a lifestyle. And in order to change anything else about your life, you have to change one piece at a time. Like you don't there's a wake up and you're married with 10 kids like that happens over a span of time unless you're the Osborns. (laughs) But (laughs) but like you're building one brick at a time. And if you don't want to be overwhelmed by stewardship, then think of it in that way. And you're not going to try to overcommit to things that God didn't ask you to overcommit. He died on the cross, not so that you can like be overwhelmed and be anxious about stuff. He says, be anxious for nothing. Well, he says his, his, uh, his burden is light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and 
that I mentioned earlier where I used the word, uh, the myth is that stewardship is a burden. Well, maybe it is, but it's light Like God has given you the ability to, and he's going to walk you through it. And, you know, you can use the, the, the phrases, enjoy the process or compound wins. Like that's yeah. where it starts. You know, I, I like that building the bridge mentality. It's like you ha- it just starts with that first decision that you guys mentioned. Hmm. Yeah. I was trying to think about some of the roadblocks and, uh, about that. And when it comes to challenges that we have, when it comes to being good stewards, uh, a couple of things I thought of one is temptation. We look at things that are in the world and example, you're trying to manage your time well or your finances well, as an example. And it's like, oh, wow, there's a brand new car. That'd be really cool to have that. Right. And it seems like sometimes our attention and our focus and our priorities are easy to be tempted to be swayed from one thing to another. Mm -hmm. I think another area sometimes that comes into play is the idea of entitlement, which is something that's really, really popular today. It's like, well, I deserve to have better. And the fact is, is as individuals and as sinners, we don't deserve better. And were it not for God's grace, we wouldn't have better. And so really yeah. trusting God and leaning into him and, and allowing God to help us with each and every day is so vital and important. Because when we have that entitlement mentality that, you know, the world owes me everything, it's not true. The world doesn't owe us anything. Yeah. And the truth is God doesn't owe us anything except for the fact that he loves us. And as his children, we know that he's going to bless us as we trust him. So that really comes back to a lot of things that you guys have said already. And when it comes to those roadblocks, we really do have to watch out for the things that are going to try to trip us up because Satan is trying to keep us from being good stewards. If we're created to be good stewards, we know that this world, the flesh, and the devil are going to try to keep us from accomplishing God's will in these different areas. So it's an important thing to make sure that we are good stewards and uh, focus on uh, letting God help us to see stewardship in the right perspective and not being a negative. And I think that's one of the things you guys have uh, well spoken to this uh, in already. And so here's just a couple of things as we think about being good stewards um, individually. I know, Ryan, you kind of hinted on this already, but what kind of, and this is open to everybody, not just Ryan, but uh, what hurdles have you faced and how did you overcome them when it comes to this subject of stewardship? And again, it could be in any one of these four areas or all of them, but what hurdles have you faced in your life? Yeah. So um, I think the biggest hurdle was was faith for me um, and taking the step of stewardship. Now, when we're breaking the, the stewardship into the four, four areas of, of time, of talent, of treasure, and then also with truth, you know, uh, I would say I was doing really well with time, truth, and treasure, but when it came or to, uh, to talent, but when it came to treasure, that's where the faith really struggled with me. Um, so, uh, it was actually, uh, starting stewardship and, and with a faithful, consistent of giving of ties, uh, really didn't start till after college. Um, and even into, uh, into the, being a pastor and into ministry, um, because stepping out and living on your own and getting your first paychecks and learning how to manage things and, and then living in an expensive world and trying to figure out how am I going to make ends meet? The last thing I wanted to do was to tithe because I felt like I needed that money to survive. And, uh, and it really stemmed from, from faith and, uh, through some, some loving counseling and some guidance from, uh, from a pastor, just pulling me aside and encourage me in, in a way of, uh, of the importance of tithing and, and leading in that way as a pastor, um, I, I made, made that choice and decision to, to not miss and to keep, keep and to start that, 
that stewardship of treasure. And uh, God has just blessed in, incredibly. Before where I was so anxious and consumed with the what if or how can I give God this money or uh, I need it to pay bills, I recognized that I didn't have to be anxious about finances anymore uh, when I put God first in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been it's been amazing to be able to experience that. Um, and I'm just thankful for God's grace in that, that he was able to sanctify me and to to work on me um, and grow my faith uh, when I when I felt like I didn't have any. And uh, I would encourage anybody who maybe feels that same way or struggles of, of how am I going to make ends meet, how am I going to pay bills? Um, first step is just trust God. He, if he's calling you to do something, he's going to provide and make ends meet. Um, and even as a starting out young pastor, um, I had to grow in that area. And I'm thankful that I did to be able to see God's reward, his blessing, but also that um, I don't have to worry or be anxious when it comes to finances. And um, I, I believe that faith uh, starts with, with those baby steps. You know, Lord, I'm just going to give it to you. I'm not going to be haphazard and randomly put an offering plate. I'm just going to say, Lord, this is yours. And whatever is left, I'm going to leave it to you. And uh, God has not failed, and he's just blessed. Um, and I believe he's blessed even more since I started. It's a neat testimony. Mm-hmm. Neat to see how God works. And I think the opposite of faith is oftentimes called fear. And when we look at our theme verse for this year, Psalm 33, 8, the Bible tells us we should stand in awe of the Lord. And uh, earlier in the verse, it says, I let all the earth fear the Lord. I think it's so important to remember that we need to be in awe of God, because if we're not in awe of God, if we're not a a fear of the Lord, we're going to be in fear of other things. Example, we look at time, talent, treasure, and truth, uh, sharing truth. I remember back at Bible college and some of the first time preacher boys coming through, they knew they were called by God to preach. But man, they get up there to start preaching, their knees literally knocking together. You can almost hear them from the, the floor as you're listening to them. And uh, they're getting up there and they're taking those first steps, right? And what is it? I mean, they could lean on fear and that's going to hold them back. Or they can have faith, knowing that God has called them to be able to share the truth with other people. Uh, or talent. I know, Pastor Brandon, you talked about that. I'm sure that there's a lot of people who have some hidden talents. And I think every year we talk about this, and anytime we talk about people playing in the orchestra, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I used to play such and such when I was in junior high or high school, or maybe they took piano lessons or they used to sing or something like that. And it's like, well, what's keeping you from doing that now? And sometimes it's a fear of competition or a fear that somebody's going to judge you or there's all kinds of things that can hold us back, a fear that we won't be able to accomplish something, a fear that we won't practice because uh, I can't manage my time well. You know, there's all kinds of things that have a tendency to hold us back, but there's so many different hurdles if we let them hold us back, right? Any other hurdles you guys think of? Hey guys, it's Charlie, and you already know that we don't run any ads, and the only way that we grow this podcast is through word of mouth. So if you wouldn't mind, just ask yourself if someone you know would learn from or enjoy our podcast. And now that you have that someone in your mind, take 30 seconds to hit the three dots at the top of your screen to hit share episode. Text it to him and get back to listening. Well, I think you stepped on my toes a little bit just talking about it. Because, <laughs> it, of course, as, as Ryan was talking, I was thinking about the decision in college just when I first made the decision to give and um, and to follow God and just made the decision and started doing it. And and I, what's interesting is sometimes after a while, you just it's not a decision anymore. It's just what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do remember thinking, you know, like the fear. But I used to get so frustrated, not frustrated. I know this sounds 
uh, uh, but you know, you hear the stories about how people God would bless them, and they get go to their <laughs> mailbox, and they're, they're like, "Yeah, that's a good story." I, you know, <laughs> a little skeptic sometimes. But I remembered though when I really started trusting God and, and giving, how He, you know, and I have several stories of times that were tight, but I can recognize how God brought me through. But where you were stepping on my toes is the whole preacher boys thing, which you were, you know, you graded my sermons in college. <laughs> um, and that was one area I was nervous in. Um, I do remember, and probably a hurdle, and, and speaking of fear, even when I first came here in the ministry and they said, oh, you're going to teach school and and what interests you interest you as far as school subjects? And I said, well, I like English and math. And they're like, okay, you're teaching high school English. I thought, how am I going to talk for 50 minutes? Like <laughs> I just... The, when it comes to talking about talent, I was used to singing in front of people, but where I was nervous was speaking in front of people. Even so much so, in college, we had to do this project in our children's ministry class, and they voted on the one who did the best lesson to teach in the um, academy's chapel. And I got voted to do it, but because of my fear, I worked it out to where I had to work and never could find a schedule (laughs) to do it. And it was such a good opportunity. And like I look back and I go, man, I missed an opportunity to to take that step. Granted, it was a large chapel service, so I was fearful. Like it's one thing to teach a child's lesson in front of ten of your peers; it's another thing to teach it in front of hundreds of kids. And so I just I was afraid of failure. And and um, so I I never did it. And I look back and I go, man, that was an opportunity missed. So I, you know, talking about fear, I think fear is a lot of it, especially when it's when you look at those four areas of time, treasure, talent, truth, and you think mm, that area, I don't know that you know we can see where we're weak in. And um, so fear sometimes holds us back, and we find excuses like mm-hmm. I did. Um, but anyways, that's. You know, um, I guess when you talk about hurdles, that's that's one that I've done if we're talking being transparent. <laughs> Sometimes it's just even sharing the gospel out, inviting somebody to church. Mm. You know, you're at the grocery store or whatever the case is and talking to somebody. You know, some of us are a little bit more shy than other people. Other people are just, it just kind of overflows from them and you feel like they're your best friend. You've known them for 30 seconds. But, you know, when it comes to sharing Christ uh, and the truth of the Word of God, that's an important thing. But sometimes fear keeps us back from that, too. Um, and it's an important thing to know that we need to have faith in these different areas. As By the way, do you still have that lesson that you wrote in college? And have you taught it since then? I have. I'm some version of it. Some version <laughs> no, of it. No, it was on Jonah. I, you know, but you had to have all these things like a game and, you know, and, and different things. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, but Well, I was just kind of curious to see if you taught it in chapel here yet. So, um, But I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to be good stewards. You know, God has trusted us with a lot, which means that we should trust Him uh, as well. And when it comes to these areas of stewardship, sometimes we have these hurdles that come up. And then we try to take steps to do better, right? And we realize, okay, my finances are in shambles, or I have a really difficult time of saying no, and I can't manage my time. Or, you know, we keep on talking about our talent that we need to develop, or when it comes to getting into God's Word and sharing it with other people. But when it comes to some of these shortcomings in life or the hurdles that we've had, was it something that was, like, obvious to you? uh, Or did you just kind of, like, wander about it or kind of wander through life and then stumble on the answers or was it like a like a flash in the sky that kind of said hey you need to wake up um i 
I think it was always deep down, I knew what I needed to do, but fear always told me no. And so I think, I think many people would relate with that is that, you know, when we, we, we experience truth that in church and reading the scripture and we know what God wants us to do. And sometimes we just bury it. And, uh, and I think some people sometimes wait for a big shot in the sky and a big firework in the air to say, this is the time to do it. But I think it's just recognizing the, the, the call and just unearthing what you've been buried inside of you. Um, because the God has called us to, to stewardship and, uh, maybe, you know, some people might experience seeing like maybe a, a good sermon or a pastor preaching and it's just like, man, I, I need to start doing this now. But, uh, for me, it was just, I knew what I needed to do and I just needed to do it. And mm-hmm. it was just, a, it was a, just a decision that had to have it happen. Mm-hmm. For me, when we think of stewardship, like I remember back when I was a kid, I don't know if you remember this, um, I don't remember what kind of containers they were, but they were these tall, I think they were like peanut containers They were peanut containers, yes. And they pulled the labels off, and Graham wrote, um, one she put like a dollar bill on in Sharpie, and it was bank, and then the other one in the middle was spend, and then and it had balloons on it, and then the other one she drew a church, and she, it was for church. Um, and I think she put tithe on it or something. And so every time I would get money, whether it was for a birthday or allowance or whatever, 10% would go to the church and 10% would go into the bank. And then I could keep the remaining two fifths or four fifths. And so, uh, that was, it was cool. Like I had all this money that I could spend on whatever I wanted and I was a a saver. I don't know about y'all, but I would save up for stuff and then go buy something really big. Um, so like I bought a Wii when I was little and then I bought, um, like an iPod nano and everything. So it was cool. Like, so that aspect of stewardship wasn't hard, but I think as I've grown older, um, over the last year and just being transparent, like, like you over the last year, obviously getting married and then having a kid, like there's a different set of responsibilities that goes along with that. And so on top of that, trying to plant a church and like, at some point, if the church doesn't grow, like where does the money come from and how do you take care of your family? I don't know. So like over the last year, I've tried to build multiple businesses and some of them really did take off and it was it would have been easy to keep going, but I didn't have the peace in my heart about it. And so to come home and tell Skylar, like, I can't do this anymore. Like it was a hard moment for me. And it took like killing a part of myself that loved that and killing a part of myself that saw without faith, like faith in the business, but fear in the lack of business. And because of that, like I had to walk away from things that I really wanted to do. And I knew that that's not where God had for me. I think sometimes we try to take into our own hands, what is God's? And if your faith is in a God-sized God, then you don't have to provide everything for you. Not saying that we shouldn't use the time that we have or the talents and, and the abilities that we have to still make money for our families. Like, that's not my point. Like, just trust God and he'll pay for, like, like you're, I don't know, like the people who go into buffets and like, well, Jesus is going to pay for it. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I am saying at some point, if God's not giving you peace about doing something, then let him be the one who gives you peace or not. 
it's not up to you to provide everything because he's much more powerful than you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that prayer aspect is pretty important when it comes to trying to overcome some of those stumbles and hurdles that we have is praying about it. Sometimes we just don't pray. We'd rather fret or worry or get anxious about it. And those things, that fear holds us back. Well, what's the answer to that? It's bringing that burden to the Lord and uh, giving it. Earlier, we were, it's kind of interesting. We were talking about what would we do if we weren't doing ministry. And uh, I know Charlie was talking about uh, these other businesses and stuff like that. And the truth is, is that I think over 55 or more percent of pastors currently are bivocational. And so generally here at Open Door, we've been very, very blessed because we haven't had to mostly, you know, take on other occupations and stuff. But I know Charlie with church planting and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot uh, of things that weigh on you. And when it comes to other guys who are planting churches or smaller churches, and it's expensive. I mean, health insurance is expensive, let alone everything else that goes on. And um, when it comes to everything we have to weigh and balance in life in these four different areas, it takes a lot to balance. And so we need to pray. And I think that's one of the key things that we need to focus on as individuals and as families is praying and trusting the Lord with these different priorities of life so that God would help us to manage them well. And so I think you really hit on a, an important topic right there. So I know some of you guys had already alluded to the fact about or some of the ways that you guys got started in your stewardship. And generally, we've been talking about stewardship of our finances. And uh, Ryan, you talked about up in Connecticut and Brandon, when you were in Bible college, and Charlie, when you were little, and then even now taking some of those steps of faith as a dad and a husband mm-hmm. and a church planter. And I think for me, it was back when I was a kid, and my parents were unsaved, and then they got saved, and then they were taking steps of faith. And I remember my parents taking intentional steps to give, and they, I guess, wanted a time, I don't know, at least for me, they asked me, um, like, hey, come write the check. And I saw them give. And when it came to them taking that step of faith, it really planted in my heart a seed to be able to take those same faith steps. And so I think watching my parents' faith is what helped me to take that step of faith as well, you know, being first-generation Christians and trying to take that step of faith. And so that really, really helped me. And then each area of life, I think, as far as taking steps of faith to to be faithful in time, talent, treasure, and the truth of the Word of God. So now, kind of thinking about, are there some resources maybe that have stuck out to you that have really helped you take some steps of faith and to be good or grow in your stewardship for the Lord? Yeah, especially when we're diving into like the different things that we're stewarding. And specifically with time, um, I just recently read a book that uh, definitely impacted me and, and gave me some resources and some thoughts. Um, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, by John Mark Comer. Um, the subtitle is How to Stay Emotionally Healthy and Spiritually Alive in the Chaos of a Modern World. And he specifically talks a lot about how to steward your time and how uh, this world really wants to distract us from focusing on God when, when with our time. And I, I, that, it really challenged me uh, talking about you know, he dives into some ideas of the Sabbath and, and uh, solitude and different things like that. But what I grabbed um, the most out of it was kind of one word, intentionality with your time. Hmm. Because if we are not intentional with our time, we're, we're not going to steward it. We're not going to car- compartmentalize. And it's kind of like maybe one of y'all is going to mention Dave Ramsey, but Dave Ramsey does the every dollar, uh, every dollar uh, type of budget where you actually put everything into um, an envelope. With that idea, with that idea is you're intentional with every single dollar. 
And I don't think we, we and I, I know I didn't really view my time as trying to put every single thing, uh, my time into intentional places. Because uh, time just kind of runs away from us. You know, you do the, the doom scrolling and then you do the watching this and then binge watching that or, or you, you know, it, it just runs away from you. So I highly recommend that book, uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It definitely was an encouragement and a challenge to me. Mm-hmm. Any other resources y'all mentioned? He mentioned, you know, Dave Ramsey is a great resource um, as well. And so anything else that kind of stands out to y'all? I mean, I'm I'm currently reading Stewarding Life by, um, I think it's Paul Chapel. Paul Chapel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, going through that, just looking at some of that as we've been talking about stewardship. I, th- I think, probably, again, when it comes to finances, Dave Ramsey was a big one. And not that I follow him to a T, but it helps me, me be aware I think just aware of, of watching those things, um, and then um, I, you know, through college, I loved reading John Maxwell. I know he's on leadership, but I think really a lot of that comes to organization, mm-hmm. organization of That's life and say. stuff. So John Maxwell, just the I always liked his practical writings, and mm-hmm. and um, that helped challenge me. I think in a lot of the areas of stewardship mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to that. So yeah, stewardship. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's good to have a good balance of uh, people you like to read. Blackaby uh, yeah. on leadership or uh, experiencing God It really deals with our motivation to worship Him and making sure that we're, you know, that principle of Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I think that's a, a key thing, Charlie. No, I was just going to say that that book, um, Spiritual Leadership by henry and richard blackaby it's super good for getting your priorities like you talked about Mm -hmm. and if you're organized then you're organized in some sections of your life and probably not in others and that's why we're talking about um all of us have talked about time because that's probably the area that's the easiest to get out of whack because um it's an even playing field meaning that we sometimes see it as an abundant resource that we're always going to have more of if we just keep living and although that's true we still miss opportunities, and because of that, I think if we're organized in some areas, we just transfer those skills, and they might be a little diagonal. Like, you can't always just say, like, if I can budget my time, I can put in my minutes into a calculator and say, 400 minutes as well. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing, but it is. It's the same concept. And so I think, like, the leadership books, um, and then there's spiritual leadership who is that by? I don't remember the name of the... Is that Oswald Sanders? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. That one was good early on in my like college career because it kind of helped me think through my spiritual walk and then the concepts there, the spiritual principles translated more into the the practical every day. And so I think that's also helped with some mm-hmm. budgeting, so to speak, in, in both time and talent, treasure, and, mm-hmm. and truth. Yeah. And so I think we, we gave some resources for um, for time talent and treasure. Um, and I don't really want to be cliche, but the last one with truth of how to steward truth, um, foundationally, it's the word of God. Mm-hmm. And, That's what and, I was thinking and, while I was talking. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, so I think if you're, if any of these areas that you are, are weak in, or maybe have found some, some roadblocks in, um, with truth, the word of God, getting plugged into good, uh, uh, a church that, that, that loves truth, um, and then there's also a podcast that you can, uh, I know Kurt Skelly has a good, a good everyday truth, um, just rooting yourself in truth so that you can be a good steward of, of what God has, has, has entrusted us with. Um, it, it's maybe cliche, but cliche has truth to it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The fact is we're talking about just 
dis, not discipleship. Well, it's a, a part of discipleship, yeah. but stewardship, because the Bible says it's important. And so it's so vital and important to make sure that we're reading the Word of God. So don't just listen to good podcasts and yeah. like hopefully you think this is a good podcast, but you know, or those types, or scroll through the internet. But make sure you're reading your Bible because that's the best place to learn how to be a good steward. Mm. And so it's so very important. Now we talked about getting started in our stewardship and stuff like that. But I want to speak to your motivations just for a second. Think back to when you started being a good disciple or steward, rather, and what was your motivation. And do you have a different motivation now? So my motivation to get started to to be a steward in all four of these areas was the call of the pastor is to be blameless, to have no handles. And when I recognized that I was called to be a pastor, I was serving as a youth pastor as a young man, 21, 22 years old, that that one area where I did not steward, I, I could have blame. I could have a handle that would pull me down. And so that started my motivation that I want to be blameless. I want to make sure that I have, I, I hold to the qualifications of a pastor. Um, and since then, it has changed because I think we've hit that before. Like, no longer is it kind of a, uh, it, it, it's now a habit. It's it's now it's just obedience. Say, like, God, I just I want to I want to obey you. I want to please you, and I want to I want to give you glory with what I have. And I think that's more so my focus than when I first started. I said, Lord, I just want to be blameless. Um, uh, with with where you called me, um, so it's kind of it has morphed and, and changed, but ultimately it, it stems from uh, a desire to please please the Lord. Yeah, he, he, when he's talking about truth, I was thinking, you know, most of us decisions to take that first step of stewardship was conviction. You know, really the Holy Spirit, and this is this is what you should do. I think though, over time, as I look at taking next steps of stewardship, what can I do more? What can I do different? How can I better manage it? A lot of times, it's more not. Uh, it's more to see what more God can do because I've I've seen Him work when I took that step, mm-hmm. and so now if I take another step, and it it might be in a different direction, or it may be you know, stepping up in, in an area of giving or, you know, whatever it may be. It's just, man, I can't wait to see what God's going to do through this mm-hmm. and how he's going to use this. Um, and so I, I think that's probably the compelling factor now, because like you said, it's just, it's obe- the obedience is there. It's just now I've seen how God blesses it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. how can God bless more if I take another step? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. A few weeks ago, we had the Thomases, mm-hmm. and we went to dinner with them, and I was talking to the wife, Blessie, and we were talking about church planning stuff and how they plan churches over there. And she said something that like, should have been really obvious to me, and maybe it'll be super like in your face to you guys, but I never thought about it. And she said, well, why don't you just pray that God gives you a free church building? And I was like... I'm always praying that God would give what we need, that God would provide. But why not prove me? Mm-hmm. Like like Malachi says. Why not just just prove me now? Just see if I can't do something way bigger than you could imagine. And I thought like I'm not going to pray now. We'll bring this to like personal life in a minute. But like as a pastor, why would I pray for something that's just that's just crazy? Why would I have faith that's oversized? But then I was like, because I have a God that's oversized. And it just makes sense. And so the motivation for me personally today as a pastor is because God is so good, like he can do above everything that we ask or think. 
And so if he's going to do above what we ask or think, why not raise that bar <laughs> to as high as I can possibly ask or think and see him still go beyond that? Something that we as a church in Hammond at Capernaum that we pray often, and that's kind of become part of the personality of our church, is um, God, work in a way that only you can work mm. so that we can always point that back to you. And I think, like, we've prayed that, so let's take the bar and make it as big as we can ask or think, and then ask God to go above what we ask or think and just prove Him. And so on the personal side, like, what motivates me, what compels me today, it's that I have a God who's way bigger, and I don't have to ask or think dumb things, stupid things that if I work hard enough, I could get myself. It's not that. It's that I'm serving a God who did it so that I don't have to be all of these things for everybody. I can't. I can't. I'm not big enough and strong enough and and I don't have that much discipline to keep going every day the same way that I would have to if I'm going to do what he needs me to do. And yet he still provides. That's mm-hmm. what compels me. Neat. I think for me, it was kind of uh, getting started. I was a young Christian. I was young myself. And I was like, okay, I want to take these steps in some ways for me. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know, it was selfish, but it was, I'm trying to take these new steps. It was an exciting thing to be able to do that. I want to do this. I want to grow. And sometimes it was, hey, you know, to hear my dad say, hey, you're serving Jesus. That's good. You know, and I think there were some things there. I think my motivation now that I'm a father, a pastor, and now even a grandfather happy is pappy. even happy, happy. Um, even beyond that is coming to the point of it's not about me, but it's more about being a good steward to provide room for other people to be able to see what it's like to serve Christ as well. Mm. And so it's it's yeah. become bigger. I think it starts out as a me thing, but then it's grown into like an others thing. Mm. And so I think it's a neat opportunity. And so I think we've all kind of mentioned something toward that end today. And so I appreciate all your, your insights and viewpoints on this. And so uh, I don't want to take um, uh, all of our time to, to focus on this, but I, I did think too, you might have something to say that could help some of our listeners who are maybe on the bubble, maybe they're struggling or that's, they've got some questions, or maybe they uh, have a little bit of fear about trusting God with, you know, talking to Pastor Brandon about singing or uh, maybe getting involved in youth ministry or uh, when it comes to sharing their faith or whatever the case, you know, they're struggling with different areas. And one of the big ones is finances, right? And managing our time well. And how am I going to tithe? How am I going to give to God and still my ends are going to meet. And so maybe you have a, just a short word of testimony that you can share that would be an encouragement to some of our folks. Just get started, you know, and, and, and give your, the fear, the, the control into the hands of God. And I can guarantee you, and the word of God can guarantee you that, that, that he won't fail you. Um, he, he says that the, that, the birds and the, uh, the the trees and the grass does not have to worry about uh, when it's going to get food or water. He says, even more so, will I take care of my children. And when we put our control, our finances, our time, our talents into the hands of God, He's not going to fail us. Um, and so, and maybe maybe just take that first baby step. You know, we we use the word the ten percent, but hey, try five try something it's a brick on that bridge. yes you just keep just try it and and you're gonna be you're gonna be surprised how how it gets easier but also the desire to do more is going to be there uh, because you're gonna see god work and uh like brandon said just be able to see god just do more 
in his life. Um, so my encouragement is just, just to start, just to try and, and, and set the perspective that, that, um, it's not to, uh, to give money to the church. It's, it's for God to do what he needs to do here on earth, uh, to build his kingdom. And, uh, so, um, it's, it's exciting to, to start, uh, but don't allow fear and, and the lack of control, uh, to stop you. Just, just start. Yeah. And it, it not only builds his kingdom, but it builds us. Yeah. It builds yeah. our faith. I was thinking, you know, I mean, probably the one story I have is I remember sitting in a Walmart parking lot early on in ministry. This is a long time ago. And me and my wife having $5 in our account thinking we need to buy groceries and what are we going to do? And so we devised a plan that we would go buy pot pies because they were like a dollar at the time. That tells you how long ago that was. <laughs> and uh, we put them in the freezer. And I remember, I think we cooked the first two. And I thought, this isn't as good as I remember. And I was kind of dreading um, till the next paycheck. Um, but I don't ever remember cooking the other two. And that's what I tell people. I don't mm. remember it. Mm. I don't know if someone invited us over for a meal. I don't remember if God opened the door for other finances. I don't even remember that. I just don't remember cooking the other two. And to me, that's like the story, you know, that I said before where all oh, everybody had stories except for me. Yeah. But I remember that. And and like Ryan said, you you can trust God. So to be cliche with an old hymn, trust and obey. Just mm-hmm. just do it and, and follow God and and you'll find that faith will replace your fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even moving to here to Open Door in Virginia. Uh, just with COVID and different things going on, uh, we just didn't know how we were going to uh, be able to move here with, with the finances and, and things like that. Uh, but we still stayed faithful with giving. And, you know, people, you just don't know how God's going to provide. And someone called us over to their house and gave us an envelope. And it was more than enough what we needed to pay for a U-Haul. And uh, and it's just God's going to be faithful. He's, he's faithful to them um, that love him and are called to his purpose. The Bible says that God wills and will do. He works in you both to will and to do is his good pleasure. And if God wants it for you, then he will help it to happen. He won't call you where he won't provide. And so my parting words is that God is big enough. Mm -hmm. He definitely is. And uh, I'm so thankful. And I think our church is full. Uh, Christendom, if you will, is pretty full of stories of people who have trusted God. And guess what? God took care of all of his people. And I've never really talked to anybody where God didn't, you know? And so it's an exciting thing to be able to know that truth, but yet we're still have this fear. Like, well, what if it happens to me? Right. Um, But I'm thankful to know that we can trust God and he's looking out for our best. And by the way, our best is to surrender to him and to give to him and to trust him with everything. It's basically saying, God, you own everything. Mm -hmm. And since it's already yours, I'm going to trust you with it. And I'm going to honor you with it. And then we wait and we watch and we see what God is going to do through it. So I appreciate you guys and your time to be able to record this time together and uh, your wise sayings and opportunities and stories and uh, exciting things to be able to impart and to share with those who will be listening. And I hope that this will be an encouragement to many of you. Some of you who are listening right now, maybe you've been faithful to give or to serve the Lord for many, many, many years. And you can echo many of the things that we've been talking about, or maybe you have some of those fears or questions and you're kind of sitting on the bubble and maybe this is all new to you when it comes to thinking about trusting God with everything in life. And you're like, I'm supposed to give to God all these different things and uh, how am I going to do that? And so I just want to encourage you in your life to listen and understand that 
God has great things in store for you, and His Word is not going to return void. God always keeps His promises, and you're able to trust Him. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope it's been a blessing to you. We look forward to connecting with you in the next one as well. And so stay tuned, like, share, be a part of these podcasts, and I hope you have a very, very blessed day. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you've been encouraged by I Hope, why not share it with a friend or leave us a review? Until next week, God bless.